You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Final Rise, Onyx Hunt, Nastra, Gunner Kennels, and Anookshook Professional Dog Food. And you're listening to episode 95 with Jamie and Kara Laraway. Nastra, National Shoot to Retrieve Association, one of the best organizations that I have been a part of for the last several years. I highly encourage you to check out Nastra and think about becoming a member today. They have so much, um, so much going for them in the aspects of regional or local trials um, and a great community, a great community of people who are willing to help and support and encourage new dog handlers and then get them enfolded into the sport of upland hunting, dog training, and all that goes with it. Final Rise Gear. Guys, this is the best, hands down, upland hunting vest on the market today it was just awarded the 2023 upland hunting vest of the year which is huge check out finalrise.com check out all their products and much more if you are not an onyx elite member already i would highly recommend hit pause right now on the episode go sign up for an onyx elite membership right now use promo code rookie 20 Save 20% off your membership at Onyx Hunt, the number one digital mapping software in the world. It is going to open up hundreds of thousands of acres of publicly accessible land for any bird hunter. So go check out onyxhunt.com now. Anook Shook, professional dog food. You guys know I love Anook Shook. My dogs have been rocking it for several years now and have been performing at their best than they have on any other food brand out there. Uh, Anook Shook is a great family-owned company uh, supporting the upland and bird hunting community, which I absolutely love. Anook Shook professional dog food is a highly dense formula that gives bird dogs exactly what they need to perform in the field on long hunts over the uh, summer training, fall hunts, whatever it might be. Uh, Nook Shook has really put the time and effort into crafting a formula uh, that's going to fit your dog and your needs. They have marine, they have uh, the high 32, 32, they have 30, 25, they have 26, 16, you name it, they, they got you covered. So check out anookshookpro.com. And welcome to the Upland Rookie Podcast. I am your host, Will Larson. Almost forgot my name there for a second, but uh, glad you guys are tuning in to episode 95 here. Uh, we got a good one on tap for you. I'm talking with Jamie and Kara Laraway. Uh, we're talking Nastra. We're talking trials, uh, what got them into Nastra, and it's pretty darn cool. Sorry, I had to adjust my mic here. Um, pretty darn cool. It's uh, it's a younger couple um, I get to chat with who've gotten into Nastra. It sucked them in pretty deep. And uh, just to see their passion for it. And, and I'm encouraged. Um, again, I mentioned they're a younger couple. Um, that's what I'm encouraged about. I'm encouraged to see um, more youth get into these trial games. Uh, again, I think over the last several, several years, um, it's just been typically uh, just kind of an older generation, an older crowd who are enjoying these Nastra trials, AKC trials, whatever the trials are. Um, so it's really encouraging to see young blood get into these trials and uh, and do really well and excel and and get the passion for it, get the vision for what these are about, uh, the community that they create. And so um, I had an absolute blast talking with these two. Again, we we don't just talk trials; we talk uh, bird hunting, some little bit of training, 
uh, some breeds of dogs that they run, and uh, and kind of what has what's been the secret sauce, <laughs> what's been the key uh, to them competing and winning some trials from Nastra at a high level. And so, a uh, really fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Um, and so we're going to dive in here in just a second. I also want to just thank Nastra. Nastra has been an incredible sponsor of the podcast. Uh, they reached out to me a few months ago and has been a great partnership. Uh, I love Nastra. I love the trials. I love the community. I love what they're about. Um, they've been, again, I've said this a lot of times on the podcast. I've, I've tried a lot of different trial games and there's going to be a trial game that, that fits your fancy, that, that fits you and your style, what you want to achieve with your dog. Uh, for me and my dogs, Nastra has been a great fit for us. It, it, it mimics to some degree a uh, hunting situation, uh, has components with retrieving. There's a competition aspect that I love. And so I just want to thank Nastra for their support of the podcast, uh, for what they're doing to try to reach new hunters, uh, new bird dog lovers, and pull them into this community and make it a welcoming one. Make it one that is not going to push people away when they come in and check out an event. They want to draw people in, uh, open it up to to men and women of all ages. So really appreciate Nastra. Thank you. Uh, it's been great to work with and uh, really enjoyed uh, chatting with a couple of Nastra members here. And we'll be chatting with more in the future as well. So stay tuned. But until then, we're going to dive in too. The conversation with Kara and Jamie Laraway. Well, Jamie and Kara, thanks for jumping on uh, the podcast with us, with uh, us here. I'm really glad to get to know you two more and hear about your your trial journey and talk bird dogs and hunting and and all that good stuff. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank We're you for excited. Us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, why don't we uh, kick things off? Um, why don't you guys put us on a map? Where are you talking to us from? And then uh, why don't you both introduce yourselves and just give us a little insight on who you are? All right. We're from Grand Junction, Michigan. It's a little town that's actually the blue gray capital of the world. Um, we're about two hours from Chicago. Um, I'm Kara Laraway. And I'm Jamie Laraway. And we just love bird dogs. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. And you, and you mentioned before you're blueberry farmers, right? Yeah. So I'm a fourth generation blueberry farmer. Um, family's been in it forever. That's all I really know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been adopted into the blueberry family. So. Honorary, yeah. honorary blueberry farmer now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And this is going to be such a dumb question. This has nothing to do with bird dogs at all. Are, are blueberry farm? Is that like where you flood the fields and you pick the berries? Or is that a different well, that's, berry? That's cranberries. Oh, cran- okay. So blueberries are growing in rows on a, what we call a high bush. So okay. um, we have, you know, big, you know, 20, sometimes 20 acre farms, sometimes 100 acre farms of gotcha. just nothing but rows of blueberries. <laughs> nice. Okay. Awesome. Some some reason I was envisioning the blueberries float to the top, and they, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's cranberry. Okay. Yeah. Stu- stupid thought of the day. <laughs> back, back to the regular uh, scheduled podcast. Um, <laughs> well, why don't we uh, why don't we back things up a little bit? Get to know both of you a little bit more uh, on the bird dog side, hunting trials, all that stuff. But bring us back to you know for each of you, um, when did bird dogs become a part of your life? How did you guys grow up in the hunting world? Um, talk to us a, lo- a little bit about that. Uh, so both of us kind of grew up hunting like with family and my dad and I would go out for deer season here in Michigan, but neither of us really had bird dogs or hunted upland birds at all. Um, we kind of got into that together. I saw a short hair on the internet, I think, and I was like, Jamie, I think we should get one. They're super cute. 
So, of course, we got one and <laughs> kind of snowballed into that. Um, we did, hooked did up you have with in, a, Sorry, did you have intentions of, of wanting to get into bird hunting more? Or was it kind of just like, ah, the dogs look cool? It was kind of more of a coolness. And then once we realized, like, they're bird dogs, we were like, well, we should probably do what they're made to do. So uh, that's when we got with the local preserve called Von Wider Kennels. And they kind of taught us how to handle these dogs. And that's when we got introduced to National Shoot to Retrieve through our buddy there, Mike Kibbe. Um, we just dove head first. <laughs> <laughs> just, it it kind of sucks you in, right? Once you get the bird yeah. dogs. And kinda takes yeah, it's it. addicting, that's for sure. It is, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jamie, for you, kind of kind of similar story, I guess, your upbringing. Was it kind of with hunting and dogs and all that part of your life, really? Or was that become later once you guys got your, your short hair? Well, I always, I've always hunted. I've, I've been an outdoorsman my whole life, but uh, we don't have any wild birds in this area of Michigan. Not no huntable populations, anyway. Uh, so it's it's not huge in this area, and it and really the the first time I ever even shot at a flying bird was after we we bought that first short hair, and uh, it it was uh, exciting and. I just knew I wanted more of that, you know, and it's really snowballed since then. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. Um, what What is it for you two? So so I, I know you're probably busy with, with farming and all that. Um, I know we're going to get into trials. You guys are, are heavy into Nastra. Um, on the hunting side of things, are you guys able to, to hunt wild birds over your dogs quite a bit as well? Like what's your, what does your hunting, I guess, season look like? Is it all trials and farming or do you mix some hunting in there as well? Yeah, it's, it's mostly, I'd say for us, a lot of our time is wrapped up in Nastra because it, it goes on all year. You know, we do, we have to take the summers off for work. We're, we're super busy in berries, but we, uh, we hunt, uh, rough grouse in Northern Michigan okay. and uh, we've got uh, woodcock and grouse and, and we go up every October for as long as we can get away. And, uh, we kind of, the dogs love it and we love it. It's just, it's a blast. You know, the, the difference between trialing and hunting wild birds is it's, it's relaxing when you're hunting wild birds, there's no stress. You're just having fun, you know? Yeah. No, no gallery watching you or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you might have someone, one of your buddies pick on you for missing something, but, <laughs> but that's about it. You have buddies that pick on you for missing too. Jeez. Oh yeah. Well, and my wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh gosh. <laughs> Makes for good conversation, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so so for you said Grand Junction, Michigan. So are you are you yeah, you said two hours from Chicago. So you're pretty low low Michigan, right? So do you have to yeah. go pretty yeah, far up up north to right right along the lake shore, Lake Michigan there. You okay. follow that right along the Chicago. Okay. We can go we can drive about two and a half hours and be into Grouse. Um, but our camp we go to is more like five hours north of us. Yeah. Four and a half hour drive, and that and that's where the northern the north northern lower peninsula of Michigan is is pretty good grouse hunting. That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you guys traveled out of Michigan at all to chase any prairie birds, or what does that look like? Not yet, okay. not yet. But you know, through Nastra, we met so many people that live yeah. out west and north and South Dakota and and further sure. that are you know almost begging us to come out there, and we're we're going to make some time this year to yeah. do that for oh, right sure. On. Right on. Yeah, the prairie birds are, are pretty special for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to that. That's awesome. With uh, with hunting grouse in the woods, again, that's that's very different, obviously, than than trials, a little bit more open fields, that kind of thing. Do your dogs do they transition pretty well between kind of thick cover grouse hunting and then back to trials? And how does that look for your dogs? It, yeah, it, it's it's easier than I expected it to be. They know the difference right away. Mm-hmm. It's they're on like a whole nother level when they're in the woods. It's actually really good for um, the dogs to go grouse hunting and come back in trial. It teaches them, I don't know, some more obedience maybe, or hmm. they're just more in tune with you as a handler. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, sometimes I hear it from people going, Oh, it's, 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 is it hard? Or some people say it is hard to, for a dog to transition between wild bird hunting and trials. But kind of like you said, I think, I don't know, maybe the good dogs really do figure it out kind of. And yeah, I don't know. They, yeah. Yeah. At least I've noticed with my with my male for sure, who I who I run in Nastra and Wild Bird Hunt and all that. He um yeah he, he figures he kind of figures out he figures he knows when we're training he knows when we're in Nastra and he knows when we're Wild Bird yep. Hunting and then there's there's differences of the yep. style yep. and what he Absolutely. does and all that good stuff. Um so as you as you guys go through the summertime I know we're uh, we're what late August right now heading into fall. Um what kind of what kind of work are you guys putting in with your dogs over the summer? What are maybe your summer goals this past year? Um, that you've been working on with your with your dogs? Uh, so I've been, every day I rode the dogs. I just free run them. I ride a four-wheeler around the field and do some laps. And we are fortunate enough to have a lake on our property. So we do a lot of swimming and just really keeping them in shape because we know we have to take the summers off from field trialing. Um, so it's important that when fall comes around, they're ready to go. Sure. Um, I've also been going over to our friends at Crosswind Kennel and training with them, trying to go every weekend to put them out, actually on birds and work on uh, my favorite part of backing. Uh, <laughs> my young dog really doesn't like it. So I, I said some sarcasm there. That. Yeah, it's, it's been bad. It's been like a ghost in my life, but <laughs> we'll figure it out one okay. day. Um, but yeah, just really keeping the dogs in shape and on birds is really important. Um, just so we can step right back into trialing and hunting. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys, when, when you're training with your dogs on birds, are you guys using quail, pigeons and launchers? What do you guys use? Quail, quail. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We'll start them. We'll start them in launchers with pigeons when they're young. And sure. I think that's the best way to do it. It's the only way I know how to do it sure. really to, to start them at least. Yeah. 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 And uh, once we once we graduate to quail, we pretty much stick with it. Yeah, yeah. right on. And then we emulate like a brace. So when we train, we run with another handler and dog and try to just do a pra- pra- perfect practice. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Which doesn't happen usually. But... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. We, we can try, but yeah. um, why don't we back up a little bit? Tell us a little bit about your dogs. Um, what, what what kind of dogs you run in? Tell us a little bit about uh, about each of them. Um, so right now I run um, two female short hairs. Actually, they're a mother and daughter duo. Okay. Jersey's the mother. She will be eight, just actually in September. And her daughter, Jolene, which she just turned four. And then uh, and I run a short hair called Howie. And, uh, and we've got a couple young dogs too, a couple old dogs, some retired dogs and, and, uh, we're pretty much stacked up with dogs yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> we still have, we still have that first short hair we got. He's 12 years old oh, okay. now. So. Wow. Yep. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so short hairs kind of sounds like that's, that's kind of the dog for you guys, right? It kind of sounds like you're, have you guys? For me, yes. For you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've snuck a pointer or two in there okay. uh, that I'm working on. I, I got a really young one now. I, I mean, I like him a lot, but he's just a puppy. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So short hairs for you guys. That, does that kind of just fit the bill as far as your needs, your, your goals and dogs? Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen, you know, your traditional short hair that, that in the past isn't the, uh, the racehorse that you kind of want for Nastra, but in, in the States, the breeding programs have just been going for that bigger going. It's only, you know, short hair is to, in my opinion, more like a pointer now. Yeah. The, the way they move, you know. They're yeah. big running dogs. They have a lot of heart. And they're a lot, like, nowadays they're a lot more compact, too. Like, my female, she's only, like, 38 pounds. But oh, she yeah. can fly around the field. Yeah. Yeah. That's just kind of nastro breeding, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then with your with your pointers, uh, Jamie, again, I know you got a young one. I don't know if you have an older one as well. But I know, I know a big part of nastro is retrieving. It's, it's a huge part of part of the trial are you finding like with pointers again i've seen a bunch that i've ran against and they're all great retrievers but i think typically when people think of a pointer they don't think about retrieving so is that something you're seeing yeah. bred into them more now and in, in pointers you've been seeing I, or lab force fetch I, yeah i don't know if it's if the you know bred into them maybe i mean certainly that's that's half of your score and Nastra is, is you retrieve. So it's extremely important, but I haven't noticed any difference between the short hairs and the pointers as far as retrieving goes. It, it, some dogs need force fetched and, and some do it naturally. And it's been about, in my experience, which is limited, it's been about the same percentage that in each breed, yeah. you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Now I've, I've run against some great, some great pointers who have whooped my butt. And yeah, uh, their their too. retrieves have have looked very well, and so I'm I'm always a little, little yep. impressed by that. Me too. That's yep. awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, what uh, what got you guys into Nastra then? So so getting your first bird dog, um, you know, though again, a lot of people pick up the first dog and they think about hunting. Well, the Nastra and trials is kind of a whole nother thing. What what led you guys down that path? Um, well, we hooked up with that local um, preserve guy and we met Mike Kibbe and he was running in National Shoot to Retrieve and kind of introduced us to it and just kind of opened our eyes that we don't really have that wild bird population around us. Um, so Nastra can kind of emulate that. It's really close to um, hunting and we really hooked on to it. And there's so many local trials that we can go to within a few hour drive. So I think over in the whole country, there's over like a thousand local trials. So wherever you are, you can find an Astra trial. And that was just really appealing to us because we wanted to keep running these dogs and doing what they love and not just staying on a preserve and hunting a few pheasants every day, but really getting that competitive uh, nature out of them. Sure. That's awesome. Take us through what was what was your first experience with Nasher? Did you guys, uh, again, being new and, and stepping into that? I know you, you met uh, Mike to kind of introduce you guys to it, but did you guys go observe first? Did you just sign up for a trial and, and enter your dogs right away? Take us through, you know, kind of the beginnings of, of really getting into this. And so, so through through that uh, preserve that Kara was talking about, uh, the guy that owned the place, George Daniels, a super nice guy, an older gentleman. 
he had a, a young short hair there. Uh, he was just a year old and he was, he mentioned he might sell him. And I really liked the dog. I got to know him well, just from our time over there training and stuff. So I ended up uh, buying the dog from him and uh, Mike Kibby, who was a dog trainer there had uh, mentioned that, you know, he thought the dog was good enough to run in some field trials. And at first I wasn't super interested in that because I didn't, I guess I just had no experience, you know, I I didn't know, I didn't think I could handle it maybe at first. So he, he talked me into going to a trial date, they had uh, recently started the amateur program uh, the first time they did it where they would, they would, you would only run against other amateur dogs. And, uh, and that was enough for me to be comfortable enough to, you know, make the trip over to the east side of the state and, and give it a shot. And really I ran one brace and I don't, I don't think I did anything spectacular, but I got to point and flush and shoot a couple birds and, (laughs) I was like, you know what, this is just too much fun. From there, uh, you know, I don't think we've, that was in, uh, I started in amateur in 2015. And I bet we haven't missed a half a dozen trial, local trials since then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and you mentioned, so the amateur, so is it still this way maybe by you guys? So do you only run against, at least currently in the amateur, amateur division, do you only run against other amateur dogs or do you? amateur dogs run against open dogs yeah you can do it both ways they okay. they have an open combine where you it's drawn randomly and you place separately okay so you might draw an open dog as an amateur but you'll still place as an amateur okay so that's that's how i've i've experienced it in the rocky mountain region. right okay yeah. yeah and there's this kind of it's not a new format it's kind of an older format but we updated it to where um it's it's called open novice and so the novice is essentially an amateur dog and they're braced against amateur dogs and open dogs against open dogs mm-hmm. and then they're run throughout the day just like a normal trial and the novice slash amateur dog can earn amateur points now as well so that's yeah. kind of a cool new, like yeah. updated format we've been trying out. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, talk a little bit more about, um, again, getting into to, to kind of a new trial um, trial game for, for people out there. Um, t- typically, okay, I'm just going to make kind of a typical general statement. Typically, some of these trials, I've, I've done some AKC stuff. Um, some horseback stuff, walking trials. I've done lots of Nastra. Typically, it's an older generation, I'm going to say, typically. I'm not saying there's, there's yeah. not younger people in there. Um, talk a little bit about, like, what's the makeup of your region, maybe, or what, what have you seen? Is it is it still an older population? Is it getting younger? Are new people coming into Nastra? Like, what are you guys seeing right now? Yeah, I think I think we're seeing some growth as far as new people coming in. Uh, just in the last year or two, I would say, especially, but, you know, mostly I would say it's the older generation that's, that's running it, you know, that, that are, are, are members, but, uh, definitely seeing some new people come in and some, some of them kind of like us, these first time bird dog people that, sure. you know, you get hooked up with these clubs like uh, Crosswind Kennel where, where we go all the time of Scott Townsend's. And he draws in so many people hmm. and what, what he does is Nastra. So that's what they do. You know, just, just like us, you get sucked into it. And <laughs> yeah. you really do. It, it's fun. You really do. 
You really do. You know, thinking about someone listening out there who who maybe maybe they're on the cusp of of wanting to, to join Nastra and, and get into a trial. I guess what would you what would you tell them? Because um, again, there's a lot of nerves going into something new, right? There's nerves yeah. going oh, yeah. into it's a new group of people. Am I going to be judged? Do I have the the dog? Is, is my dog going to be good for it? Like, talk a little bit about you know calming someone's nerves of trying something new, trying out Nastra. Um, well, any region I've ever been to is so welcoming. And as a new person, looking back now, I would go to a trial, check it out. Um, a lot of places will let you ride along with the judge. Um, so that's really nice. You can kind of see where your dog stands compared to others. Um, another really nice thing we've been doing is the mentor program. So you can run um, your dog an amateur brace or even an open brace, and you can have someone walk along with you and kind of walk you through and what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and give you tips and tricks of the game. That is that that is awesome because my my first trial i had uh andy taylor i don't know if you know him at all oh yeah, yeah uh-huh. do you nice nice so I, he uh he walked along with me and uh, it was just it was so helpful because i going in my very yeah. first one i'm like i don't know what the heck i'm doing <laughs> like again I, i've hunted a lot but again a new new atmosphere new rules like it was it was a lot to take in and so to have yeah. that mentorship program of where you know you can someone can walk along with you kind of describe give you pointers um super helpful Super, super helpful. Is that something new that you, is that something newer that Nestra has, has brought in? You said? I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. It, it's newer. Within the last couple of years, the mentor program came about, um, kind of, we more like established more rules about it. So I think you can do it for eight braces yeah. or eight times. Um, but it's been really helpful and it's just, it makes that handler calm down a little bit like, oh, I am doing this right. Or <laughs> And our judges, though, they're really nice. Like, I mean, I'm a judge. Jamie's a judge. Uh, I don't think as judges, personally, I'm not out to get you. So if you have a question like, am I doing this right? Of course, I'm going to help you out and say, yeah, you are doing it right. Like, Yeah, especially for the amateurs. Yeah. You know, they, everyone's here to help you. We want you to be comfortable. And we, and we want to retain you. you know, yeah. we, we want you to stay and come back to the next trial. Right. If you don't have a, a pleasant experience, you're not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, talk a little bit about, um, it's going to make kind of a broad question, but again, with the amount of Nashra that you got, you both have run, um, what, what makes a Nashra dog really stand out? And, and I'm talking about you know, a dog who wins a national or wins a, a pretty large competition. Um, what, what kind of sets those dogs apart in your minds? Well, for me and, and, uh, really my most successful dog is the one I'm running now. Uh, he's a national champion, a regional champion. And the thing with that, with this dog is he lets me help him. So he handles mm-hmm. for me, you know, if I need him to, I, I try to send him. Now you got to go out and find your own bird. But sometimes, I mean, and this happens all the time, sometimes you find a bird, you walk across it, and if you can't <laughs> sure. get your dog to come in there, then you lose that, you know? Mm-hmm. And in an elimination trial, like a national or regional, that's the whole game. I mean, you, you go home for stuff like that. So, you know, I personally really focus on handle. When I hit the whistle, that dog has got to come right now, you know? Sure. And that's been the main reason uh for any success i've had with this dog for sure yeah yeah care would you would you add anything to that or what have you seen or 
Yeah, it's just a weird mix of your dog having that competitive nature that wants to go do it by himself. But then you have to be able to reel that dog back in and, like Jamie said, become a partner with it and work together to go around the field. And if you do see that bird, call him back in and be able to handle him from there. It's The handling is a really big deal on the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially, you know, if a dog's out of bounds, you need to get him back in. Like, that's, that's a right. huge part. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fields don't have fences or anything, right. so that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, on the training side of things, have you guys trained your your dogs mostly yourself? Have you leaned on friends, mentors? Like, what does that look like for both of you? Uh, we've done both. We we uh, we have a, a ton of help from our, our buddy Scott Townsend and and Thad Townsend, his nephew, uh, where they've broke dogs for me from start to finish. And then we've got like Kara, Kara's Jolene dog, where she broke herself with with lots of help from, yeah. from guys like that and Scott. But you know, whenever we hit a roadblock, we've got enough friends to help us. You know, what do we do here? You know, yeah, yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, talk a little bit about um, the the judging side of things. So, so you both are judges. Um, is that was that kind of just a natural next step for you both of, of going? You know, we're enjoying this. Let's let's kind of help out on the on that side of things. Talk about the judging process and what does that look like? Yeah, so um to become a judge in Nastra, they have judging seminars, like each region will hold one, usually every year. And then there's specific like teachers that will go through and go through all the judging guidelines and scenarios and rules. Um it's usually about a day worth of studying and at the end there's a test um, to get your judge's card um, once you go through that and get your judge's card or your test done and pass that you have to ride along i think it's for eight braces mm-hmm. and you ride along with the judge and you actually like fill out a card just like a judge would do um, and then at the end you would compare that and then once that's all done um you, you would compare that with the other uh, yeah licensed judge or whatever you say yeah, and, yeah, and you're talking to them the whole time, too. It's not like it's a test that no. you're, you're going to fail. You know, <laughs> sure. you, whenever you have questions, yeah. you just say, hey. too low. Yeah, yeah. You, just, you talk to the, the experienced, uh, you know, licensed judge and, and uh, you know, to where you can get comfortable enough to be out there by yourself. Yeah. yeah. And then your, uh, your judging instructor approves those, and then you're on your way to your judge's card. But uh, awesome. I don't know if you want us to get into, like, what we're judging or I, I would love to if you, if you could i'd love to kind of go down that path a little bit i think it gives gives us an insight of yeah what do what are judges looking for what are you guys looking for yeah so i mean each brace is a 30 minute brace you're paired against another dog and handler um each hand each handler and dog has their own judge and you ride around the four on a four-wheeler and follow the dog um you are scoring the find which is a zero out of a hundred and you're scoring like the style, um, if that dog's taking steps, if it's low, um, all sorts of things really. Yeah, everything. And everything that's all goes. in the fine category, kind of right. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and sometimes judging is just the way you feel about a piece of work. You know, was that snappy? Was it impressive? Did it? Did you go whoa? You know, when yeah. that dog hit the bird, sure. that's a high find. You know, yeah. that goes up. 
And and the same is true about, you know, marking down. It's sloppy piece of work where they just kind of lumbered into it or took some steps and, you know, it's just not intense, you know, that those kind of things are hurting your score. Yeah. Yeah. Then the next thing after the find you would score is the retrieve. Um, so that's just how quick the dog brings the bird back. Does he drop it? Uh, does he mouth it a lot? Um, does he mark mismarket or is it a blind retrieve a water retrieve gets more points um just like jamie said kind of if it's more sloppy you get less of a score if it's really whippy and fast if the jog jumps up on you and hands you the bird like you get more points for that like in my book anyway (laughs) um just the willingness of that retrieve is really important sure and then um, you get scored a backing score yep. just one time. Um, Your first opportunity yeah. to back yep. in, in a brace. Yep. So, yep. so and, and talk about that a little bit more. Opportunity, meaning? So your brace mate's dog is on point, and, and your dog gets to where they're in the area where they should see the pointing dog, and they're supposed to honor that point, which is what we call back. And that's a zero to 75 score. And what you'll see, and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier with Kara's young dog is these dogs get so competitive and they figure this game out and they know, like we were saying, the difference between wild bird hunting, training and field travel. And, uh, what we see a lot of, and it maybe is, I know it's not just a short hair thing, but we see it in short hairs, uh, they don't want them back. They want to point the bird, you know? So you'll see them, you'll see them come in there and look at that other dog and either they're going to do one or two, one of three things. One, they're going to back like they should. Hopefully. Which is what you want, you know? Two, they're going to look right at that dog and get the heck out of the area thinking, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm going to go find my own bird, you know? Or three, which in my opinion is the worst thing they could do is they're going to go in there and help point that bird right in front of that other dog yeah yeah and that's where you're going to get a zero as as a judge there and the same for blinking it if they look right at that dog and leave that's a zero that's what i'm going to ask you about so let's say the dog yeah they they, they're not going to go steal the point and they're not going to back so the number two option you said they they kind of know the dog's pointing but they're gonna be like "Eh, i'm gonna keep finding my own bird does that count as their one opportunity it yeah. does. Yep. Unfortunately, it, it, it does. Yep. yep. They, they should have backed in it. Now, I prefer that over stealing point. That takes so, time, right? You got to go collar the collar the dog. And yeah, that yep. takes a lot of time. Yep. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Okay. All right. So we, we went through the find, the retrieve, the backing. Isn't there, is there two more I'm missing? Yep. So there's obedience, obedience. Um, and that's just your general, um, how the dog's handling if the caller or the handler's like calling them nonstop and the dog's not listening. I mean, it pretty much is self-explanatory. Even if a dog like, like the blowing in the back. Um, yeah, that, that, that contributes yeah. to your overall obedience because that, that's just, just being disobedient. Right, or sure. taking a bird out or um, just little stuff like that. Um, or, you know, they're, they're taking steps on point and the handler's yelling, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. And the dog's taking step <laughs> keep, after keep step. stepping. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's disobedience yeah. for sure. Okay. And then, the the next thing would be your ground coverage. So that's how well your dog's hunting and 
covering the ground. It's kind of funny to me because sometimes there's a dog that really only finds one bird or not even a bird, but their ground coverage is so good. Mm. They're just work. They're just hunting their butts off, but it's just whether the heat or the cover itself, it's just kind of making it hard, but that's really important too is the ground coverage, how intelligently the dogs working the field. Yeah. And, and you as judges, do you, do you care about, I guess, range from the, the dog to the handler? Like, is it good or bad if a dog is you're in one corner and dogs in the other corner hunting? Is that, is that a negative in your minds? I, I think it depends. You know, if, if, uh, if there should be a bird over there, then you want your dog over there. You want it. Sometimes you need to cut across the whole field to get that next bird. Now it's different if say that area, you've already moved a bird from that quadrant and uh, the handler is hacking on their dog to come back and they're still, you know, they're still over there. Now that's, that's disobedient. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit you a little bit on that. That's sure. You know, it's not good for sure. Sure. So, so, so it's kind of more like if, Again, kind of working as a team. So if you're kind of working as a team and the dog's really far from you, that that's good. But as long as you're kind yeah. of in unison a little bit, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Okay. Right on. Um, what are some things, I, I guess, both from from what you've seen as judges, but then also what you've seen just as as participants? Um, maybe some common mistakes, maybe that that new handlers out there um, maybe make, and, and maybe some encouragement you could offer to say, "Hey, these are some things we see." either can knock you some points or, or maybe doing this differently could help help lead you to some more success is there anything you guys you guys see that are some common uh, common mistakes the biggest thing i see is that people i think they just get that adrenaline in them and they're in a rush it's like uh, they go to one area they don't find the bird right away so they leave and i always when i mentor i'm like just stay here for a while and try to find get your dog a bird and um, don't rush out of here. I mean, obviously you got to watch your brace made and if they're kind of moving on, you don't want to get buried in a corner and wait, trying to find this bird. But if you have the time and everything works out, stay there and mm. try to get that bird. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Jamie, would you, uh, would you add anything? Uh, yeah, I, I would say, and it's a mistake that I was guilty of making early in my Nashville career anyways, hunting, an area that's already moved a bird. Mm. So you'll see people even at these nationals sometimes, you know, uh, the bracemate will go into an area and get a bird and uh, you'll watch a guy follow him in there after the bird's already been produced. Mm. And uh, it's just, and you might get lucky and have a leftover bird or something like sure. that, but the odds aren't in your favor there is. Mm. is so I would say hunting used ground, you know, mm. is, yeah. is a common mistake. Yeah. What would you guys say in, let's say you're, you're running a brace with someone and five, five birds get put out, correct? Each, each yep, brace yep. besides the first in one. In the first brace, six. yeah, six. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's say you're running the first brace of the day even. Six, your, your uh, brace mate puts up six or, or whatever brace it is. They put up five. I guess what advice would you give someone? Just keep hunting, just keep, keep working that field or yeah. what, what would you tell someone? Yeah, never give up until time's called. I mean, there's times where I've been out there and I found a bird within the last 30 seconds. And when the time's up, you get an extra minute to produce that bird. And there's it's happened to me multiple times. So never give up because 
you got the time, so why not use it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah hunt till the end, absolutely, always. I mean, I've seen it, Not it's not common, but I've seen multiple times where two placements came out of the same yeah. race mm. where, you know, one guy had four birds, one guy had five birds. Yeah, wow. it happens. It, it happens. Wow. It's, it's not common, but it's, sure. it's not possible. impossible. Not impossible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Can you, can you guys explain a, a two bird area and kind of what that scenario is uh, when it, when a judge will call a two bird area? Can you break that down a little bit? That That's something I'm a little confused on still. And I think maybe, maybe some listeners are as well. Maybe I'm the only one. Yeah. It's a headache for a judge, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that in my experience anyway. But uh, Jamie would probably be good at explaining it. So, yeah, so you've got a, say you got a, a dog on point. They, the handler goes in and flushes his bird, but it flies, say, over the judge or towards the brace mate or somewhere it's in some direction where it's unsafe to shoot that bird. You call it, the handler calls a safety. Now that bird has been scored on. We call that a scored on bird. And the judge is going to do their best to watch where that bird goes and lands in the field. Mm. And if the dog doesn't, you know, take it out or, or retrieve it or, or uh, the bird stays in bounds, wherever that bird landed becomes a two bird area. Mm. And it's kind of up to the judge to determine the size of the two bird area. Oh, okay. You know, because most times when a bird is flushed like that and they land, they're going to keep moving. So you don't just call it the spot. You sure. know, it's not just this little pine tree is where that bird is because yeah. they, they probably moved on from there. So you have to give it a circle, say a 20-yard circle or whatever you feel sure. is a, a reasonable area. So that area becomes a two-bird area. So that means in order for a dog to score a bird – to, to get a, a score on the card, you have to produce two birds in that area. Whatever the judge determines is that area. So you have to score so on that first, bird that potentially landed there. And yeah, you've got bird. to take a bird out for no score. The first bird that you point in that two bird area gotcha. is not scored. Gotcha. Okay. So then if you score that, you know, you take that bird out, it's not scored on the card. Then your dog turns around and goes right back on point. And you put a second bird in there. Now that second bird is scorable. Gotcha. That's okay. no longer a two bird area. That's that's a scorable bird. That was so you not. You kind of need to get rid of that first bird in a sense. To, yeah, uh, you want to take them out. That's a, as a handler, I always try to take those birds out, get them out of the field. Okay. You know, and and then there's that confusion is over. The next bird I point is scorable in that yeah. in that case. And for the next brace, though it. It resets. It doesn't yeah. count. It doesn't, it doesn't stay like a two bird area. Right. Yeah. It's not a two bird area all day. It's only for the rest of that brace. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, so Jamie, you kind of alluded to this maybe a little bit, but I guess your recommendation that for someone is it is it kind of just to leave it alone or to go in there and just let's just focus on that getting rid of that bird. Well, you know the strategy changes all the time <laughs> because you know if 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 your dog's right on it anyway, yeah, just just get it. Yeah, you know, get it out. out of there. But if you're Bracemates moving down the field, scoring birds out while you're messing around with the mm. bird you can't even score. Mm. You know, you, you don't you don't need that time waster. You need sure. to you need to be able to move on, and that's that's where, like I was saying, the handling ability of a dog. It's sometimes you've got to call your dog off of that bird, sure, for a safety reason or just a time reason. Yeah. You know, and that that's that's an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, you, you mentioned the word strategy. That was going to be one of my next questions on just strategy. And I'm sure there's 50 different strategies or more <laughs> probably, right? With, with, with Nastra. Is, is there a, a strategy? Is there a common one? Is there, is, does it just evolve brace by brace or what have you guys uh, expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, I, I think it's always different. Every yeah. brace is different, <laughs> you know, it, it, and that's where experience makes a big difference when is as far as even having that mentor be able to walk with you and explain what to do in this situation. And there's a thousand different situations that could happen, you know, maybe more. Yeah. So well, yeah, it's important. Yeah. You always go out in the blind, you have a plan in your head, but as soon as you let your dog loose, you're like, ah, this is how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. What was that plan I just talked about? Yeah. You just have to adapt. I think that's where, uh, some people struggle is they, you got to be on your feet thinking like, oh crap, I got to turn around and go the other way or yeah. I got to follow them or it's just, it, it's a huge strategy game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too, and we've haven't talked about exactly, but the, the time, I mean, there, there's, there's a clock, there's, there's that time factor going, you don't, you don't have, you know, unlimited time. So there's this clock in you of going, okay, it's going to take me a while to walk there to walk here, you know, do your, whatever pattern you're going to walk in. And so that me as a handler, at least I, I, I'm always thinking about that clock of going crap. Like, you know, I try to remember to set like a watch or something just to like help me keep track, but it's hard to like, yeah. I always remember like timing and like, okay, how much time have we burned looking for this in this one corner or the middle or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah. That, it's, it's you against your brace mate and the clock Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's important to be able to handle your dog. So he's not running straight to the back and you got to sure. walk as far as you have to. Yeah, like, he's going to go on point and you have to walk all the way yeah. over there. And it happens. It happens to me all the time. Yeah, and yeah it me sucks, too. As, but... as much as you try to prepare for sure. The opposite of that, it, it's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be there. <laughs> exactly. Um, why don't you guys talk a little bit about, um, you know, maybe some, I'll give you some time to brag on your dogs. Talk a little bit about Nashra. What have you guys accomplished uh, individually with your dogs um, in, in Nashra's last couple of years? Uh, so my Jersey dog, she's, like I said, an eight-year-old. She's a six-time champion. Six-time. Yeah. And she's how old? Yep. She'll be eight this month. Eight. Okay, wow. September. That's incredible. Yeah, and uh, our first belt buckle, um, we were top four in the top performance, I believe, in 21. Just the performance. Yeah, the, yeah, the UKC performance. Is, um, is that the same as the endurance up in Montana? Or it's it, uh, it's the opposite trial. So one, one is in Labor Day and one is in Memorial Day. So this is the Memorial Day trial, which was in Nebraska a couple okay. years ago. Okay. So that was our first buckle, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, and and then, that was actually yeah. before I had earned a buckle myself. Yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> you beat him to it, Kara. You yeah. beat him to it. She still got more buckles than I did. So. Yeah. Well, uh, from there, Jersey, she uh, was top four in the top Purina Top Performance Award, which is kind of like a yearly high point. Okay. That's a it's a points overall points championship for all the we yeah. have five nationals a year. I was gonna say and that's national. That's not just in your region, right? That's national. Nope, nope. Yeah. Uh, the only the only uh, points that count towards the top performance at a region level are for your regional elimination trial, which is okay. your state championship essentially. Gotcha. Yeah. This 
this top performance awards, your national trials, and you also have to have 20 weekend points mm. um, in order to qualify for it. Okay. Um, so she got that. And actually, Howie, he's been on that list two times now mm. um, for 20, 2022 and 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, this the most exciting news of us <laughs> is that in 2022, uh, Jamie and his dog Howie won the trial of champions on the open division. Wow. And then um, – Myself and my dog Jolene won the, at the same trial the amateur portion of it. Yeah. And so that, that was crazy. just so cool. That is crazy. Yeah. So it's an amateur national. Yeah. Okay. And and the champion the champions trial, and which so, is a, a just, national. And trial. just so we're clear, so ch- the champion or trial of champions, whatever you call it, yep. is that like the the top championship basically of the year? Uh, I was, in my opinion, they're they're equal. Your opinion, the, yeah, it's the top. It's the top, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the five. No, I, I wouldn't say it's the top. I mean, it is. It is prestigious in that to qualify, you have to be a national champion. Okay. So, so I would say generally, the average dog is is supposed to be better in that trial. Sure. But any national is a huge accomplishment. I mean, it's just so difficult to get your dog yeah. all the way through and then win the dang thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, it's it's a big deal. Absolutely, absolutely. My goodness, so wow! I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> so many questions. But, uh, Kara, back to your dog Jersey, real quick. So, six-time champion. That's that's a lot of again, kind of like Jamie's saying, it's a lot of work to get to one even one championship yeah right a lot of time a lot of effort uh, a lot of things that go your way all, all those things what what has what would you contribute some of that success to with with jersey what what makes her stand out to, to get to that point of a six-time champion she's a wild woman <laughs> <laughs> from day one that dog has had more heart than i've ever seen um she just amazes me. She goes out there and she wants to win. She sees that other dog and she's like, no, I'm going to beat you there to that bird. Well, competitive and, side. Uh, yeah. Very she, competitive. And she passed that down to Jolene. And those two girls, they give me a run for my money. But uh, just consistency, really. I mean, you have to train your dog. I always say you got to train more than you trial because mm. it, it takes a lot of work. And so you need 18 regular points and then nine first place points for a championship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just trialing regularly and keeping up on that training is what really helps yeah. get you there. Dang, that's that's crazy. Um, okay, and then so so talk. We were talking a little bit before we we kind of jumped on and, and recorded here. Talk a little bit about when you two had to face off in the was that the Open. Yeah, the regional regional elimination. Regional for... elimination. Talk talk a little bit about that. That's a little unique to, to yeah. be facing off in a in a final like that. How, how'd that go down? As far as we can tell uh, from our research, it's the only time it's ever happened where really? a husband and wife have run each other. There there have been a few instances where uh, one guy had. Uh, both his dogs in the final oh, hour, the okay. championship round. So, you know, maybe someone's wife would step in and run that okay. other dog for them. But for a husband and a wife to each run their own dog from the first brace to the championship round, it's the only time it's ever happened. That's yeah. Crazy. It was pretty exciting. <laughs> what, what were you two feeling? Were you like, I, I, you know, you're, right now for his next 30 minutes, I don't, I don't care what happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
uh, honestly, in my opinion, the, the pressure was off yeah. when I realized we were going to be in it because I just, we can't lose. Yeah. You know, even if I lose, I don't lose. Sure. Yeah. You know, it, that's not to say we didn't go out there and try to win because sure. we did. It was, oh, yeah. It was a knockdown, drag out race, no doubt. I bet. I bet. <laughs> um, and, and you were saying, Jamie, earlier that so, so the only, the only way you can't, if a dog is co-owned, right? The only time you can yes. do that is in. Yeah. If you're, if you're co-owners uh, on a dog, uh, you can't draw each other. Uh, it just takes that out of the, the random draw. Sure. Yeah. So the only time Karen and I can run each other is in a championship round and in the final hour of, of a, a national or a regional elimination. Okay. Yeah, and we always joked about when it was going to happen. We were like, man, that would be so cool, like running each other. And then finally at our regional elimination trial this past spring, um, it happened, and it was pretty amazing. Yeah, that is, that's pretty cool. Um, talk a little bit more, uh, Jamie. So, so trial champions, um, is, are those do those get extended to hour braces, half-hour braces? Talk a little bit about what, what was that trial like. So they're, they're all half hour braces, uh, all the way through. It's just an elimination trial. So you've got to make a cut based on your score. Mm. So you have, uh, the first rounds are either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on, uh, how many dogs are in the trial sometimes the first round takes two days to get it through, uh, where the trial of champions held is in Amos. So they actually have three fields. And usually uh, you're able to get more first round braces in in a day there because you have an extra field. So, oh, okay. but anyway, you'll, you'll randomly draw your uh, opponent, your brace mate. And uh, based on how you do in that brace, if your score is high enough, you'll make the cut to the next round, which will okay. be Friday. So the same thing happens dogs on a regular basis based on oh, score. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You either make the cut or, and, and you advance to the next round or, or you don't and you're eliminated, you know, a single elimination. So sure. you make the cut to Friday and then if you run against another guy who made that cut hmm. and only generally only one of you is going to move to Saturday and Saturday, there are several rounds where your dog has to run quite a bit on that day. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard on a dog. It's hard on a handler too. You <laughs> yeah, know? I'm sure. Well, especially then, if, you're, uh, if, if you're running multiple dogs too. Oh yeah. Which, yeah. which Kara does, you know, I've, I've only got one going now, hopefully in the you know near future, I'll have a second one. Sure. It's hard. And there's some guys that, that run three or four yeah. or more. Yeah. I'm, I'm always impressed by those guys, how they can yeah. come more out from one of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But uh, but if you if you're lucky enough to make it all the way to the championship round, that's actually they combine two fields, they plant ten birds, which oh. a normal plant is five birds, oh, wow. and it's a one hour brace. Oh, okay, that's the only time you'll run more than a half an hour. Gotcha. Okay, dang. So that that expands the the area, the time, bird count, everything. Oh yeah, strategy yeah. changes. Oh, Everything's yeah, strategy's out the window. I think at that point for me, oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Yep, yep. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, have you guys ever run the endurance one at all? Oh yeah, you have. Mm -hmm. okay. Yep. Okay. Yep, that's actually coming up uh, next week. We'll be headed out to Iowa, but oh, the wow. last couple ones we've been to have been in Montana. Okay. Right on. Um, this this year it's in Osceola and. 
starts, I think, September 3rd. I'm not sure. Exactly. It's always the week of Labor Day. Yeah. Okay. So coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a different format. That's a beat your brace mate. Okay. Um, so you, really your goal is to beat your brace mate and <laughs> yeah. to move on. Because yeah. um, the others are, some of the others are top scores, usually the top 16 um, in the first round anyway. Okay. Um, but yeah, this one's kind of exciting. It changes the whole yeah. game. It's you're Absolutely. out there to beat your brace, but you don't have friends during that brace. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no friendships out there. Uh, no. <laughs> no, you, uh, and you mentioned multiple dogs. I, I, I only run one in Nashville right now and there's, there's pros and cons to it. It's, it's, you just focus on that one dog, but then there are people who are running two, three, four dogs. And I'm like, that looks more fun. Cause you're, you're, you're involved more and, and, but also taxing. Cause they're sometimes they're just getting off field B and then they have to go right over the field A. And so there's uh they're working hard i'll say <laughs> especially the handlers yeah when you run well and it, it kind of keep at a national level it's nice to have more than one dog because it kind of gives you more chances yeah better luck to move on totally totally less let more walking less sitting around i guess if you're, <laughs> you're yeah. Dogs. yeah oh man that's awesome um i had another question for you guys but I, it's totally spaced my mind now writing it down when you were, you were saying the last thing, but I totally forgot. So I might, I might have to come back to it. Um, as we, as we kind of wrap this thing up, um, what is, what's some advice you would give, uh, someone out there listening who is who's maybe new to the Upland community. Uh, maybe they're, they just picked up their first bird dog. They're just getting into this, this hunting world, this rabbit hole that, that takes us into to the world of bird dogs. I guess what's some advice you would give them? Um, pretty much, find someone that can mentor you. That's been the biggest help for us. Like if we didn't have Scott and Thad showing us the ropes, like we'd be kind of lost. But I mean, Nashville in a whole, everyone's there to help you. I mean, they're your friends. They're looking to give you advice. Um, If you want to get into the National Shoot to Retrieve, go to a trial, find us, call me, send me an email. Like. We just want to get people excited about this game because it's been, it's become my passion. It's become our lives. Mm. And we just want other people to experience it like we do. I mean, we go to the trial, yeah, to run our dogs, but also to hang out with our friends that have really become family. Mm. That's awesome. So it's important to find those people to just give you advice. I mean, bird dog people, they want more people in the game to keep it alive and they're going to help you out. Yeah. That's awesome, Jamie. Would you uh, would you add anything to that? Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Just just especially for Nastra, go to a trial, and there's there's going to be somebody there, you know, ready and willing to help you and guide you and you know, get you comfortable. Mm-hmm. And there's any region in this country is like that, and we've been to dozens of them, literally. Mm-hmm. And that anytime we've gone somewhere, you know we didn't know anybody, you know, we're next thing, you know, we're having supper with these guys, you know, like, like we're old friends Yeah, and it, it's just show up yeah. and someone will be there to help you. Yeah. 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 That, that community aspect I think is something that is maybe underrated even because it's, yeah. I, I didn't expect that going in, but once you're in it, once you're seeing these people at trials, you're hanging around during between braces, you're having lunch together, you go like these, these people are, they care like it's a community where you care about each other yeah you want to beat mm-hmm. them in the brace if you're you're going against right. them but well, you're yeah. also genuinely happy for someone when you saw a good dog work you saw that brace come together for them 
and uh, that's, a, that's a special component, I think, that, that sometimes maybe gets overlooked. Yeah, I Thanks. agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what it's all about. Love it. Um, all right, guys, we're going to uh, last section here, go through a couple rapid fire questions. And so I'll ask you guys, Uh-oh. I know, this is the <laughs> best part this is the, this is the Upland Rookie special here. Um, these haven't changed in a long time. So I, I need to do like some data collection over, over the years. And I need to like put together a, <laughs> what guests have said what and all this. But um, for so I'll ask one question and you, you both answer it uh, in your own words and then we'll go to the next one. So uh, first one uh, for you guys, what came first, the dog, the gun or the bird? The dog. The dog. dog for <laughs> both of you? Okay. I, was, I had a yeah. feeling. I had a feeling it was going to be your... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Your answer. Uh, each of you, what gun are you carrying into the field and why? Uh, right. I'm carrying a Benelli Legacy. Um, I actually had it custom fitted to me. And oh, nice. It's just been a great gun. It's reliable. It's easy to carry around. That's awesome. Yeah, is, it, is the Legacy a semi or a pump? It's or a, a semi, a, yeah. Okay. Nice. I'll add to that because because Kara's much smaller than your average shotgunner. She had to have this gun sure. fitted to her for her to be comfortable. I bet, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I carry an M2, an auto loader as well. Okay, you know, especially for her house hunting, you know, he, that third shot makes a difference, man. <laughs> just, just having yeah. that, just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just in case. Awesome. All right. Um, pick one gauge to use for the rest of your life. Twenty-eight gauge for me. Twenty-eight. For okay. Sure. Is that what yep. is that what your Benelli is in? Yep, that's okay. my go-to gauge. I that's all that I use for duck hunting. Everything. Wow. Everything. Wow. That's awesome. I've, I've never shot a 28. I, I definitely need to. Oh, it's but, amazing. Yeah, I shoot, I shoot a 20, but how about you, Jamie? I'm a, I'm a 20 gauge guy. I, I like the, you know, I've got nothing against the 12 gauge. It's just, you know, when you're walking all day, that, that little bit of less weight makes a difference in yeah. my opinion. Absolutely. I'm with you. A lot of people are with you too. <laughs> um, all right. A couple more here. Uh, favorite breed of dog besides the ones you own. So you, you never can have owned it. You cannot own this breed. So favorite dog besides the ones you own. So I would say an English setter probably for okay. me. Okay. And it's a pure style thing. I just, you see one stacked up with their head up in the air and that, you know, tail kind of going in the wind. It's just beautiful. Yeah. There's something special about it for sure. Yeah. How about you, Kara? I have like a secret like admiration for wire hairs. Oh, I don't okay. know where I thought you were going to say cocker from. for a second. I was like, those, do- those dogs <laughs> no, are taking no, the world. No. <laughs> but for some, there's just a few out there that I've seen. They just, they, they're go-getters. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. They're, yeah. Those are, those are, they're cool dogs. They're tough too. They are yeah. they're tough as nails. That's for sure. I, I've run against a couple of them uh, here in our, our region there. They're good. All right. Um, favorite bird to hunt and why? Well, I would say for us is grouse, rough grouse, you know, and mostly for location because they're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a prestigious thing, too. When these birds get pressured, they get smart and they get hard to hunt. Yeah. And so when you do, when everything goes right, it's a reward. It's mm. a, it's a big deal. It's hard to kill a rough grouse in Michigan. Mm. You know, a, a point flush shoot sure. where everything went well, it's just, it doesn't happen often. Sure. So it when does it does, it's a tough, it's rewarding and trees and all, all that, all those. Yeah. Yeah. The shots, are, yeah. 
you never had an easy shot on a rough grouse, mm-hmm. you know, not here. So yeah. that's awesome. Care, would you, would you change anything or would you? I, I really like woodcock, especially for younger dogs. Um, you can get a dog in there and actually point the bird and have the bird um, hold until you can get up there and flush it. Sure. And they're a little bit easier to get get at. But, uh, yeah, either the two. I mean, those were the only wild birds we really went after. Sure. So. Right on. Right on. Um, all right. Let's go to your go-to hunting snack on a trip or, or, or a trial. Maybe you're going to a trial, you're packing, packing some snacks. What, uh, what's it going to be? Hmm. I don't know. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying uh, ice honey bun. Honey bun, <laughs> okay. Man, I love those things. There you go. You can, you can do a couple of those in the morning. That's, that's, a, oh, that's a meal no, right man. there. It's enough calories yeah. for a meal. No, exactly. <laughs> Get a little heartburn going afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably have to go like flaming hot Cheetos with oh, lime okay. on them. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Those those pack nicely. <laughs> Just you know, pop a couple of those. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Beverage of choice after a hunt or a trial. Oh, that's easy. That's uh, a nice cold beer. All right. You got, you got it. You got a. You got a brand. You going. You going fancy IPAs. You going. Coors. You know, I like I, Michigan's a huge craft beer state. Okay. It's a it's a big deal here, so I like most of that stuff. But uh, my go to has become uh, Coors Light. Yeah, there you go. There you Coors go. Light, we, we can be friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love uh, banquets. My favorite. That's that's uh, my. Favorite. Yeah, no, I I could do the banquet. Yeah. They're a little heavier, a little yeah. more filling, I would say. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I could easily do a banquet. Yeah, no doubt for sure. <laughs> Kara, how about you? I'm not as exciting. I, I'll go like a Dr. Pepper. Oh, getting Coke, crazy. Like getting yeah, crazy. I, get, I get wild. That's like my wife. She's a, she's a, she's a Diet Coke fanatic. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. All right, I'm going to throw you guys one curveball question I thought of while we were talking. Uh, we'll kind of close this out. So so you've run, probably run against lots of different dogs, lots of different handlers in Nastra. Um, each of you give me, I'm not going to say the best handler and dog, but who is the most exciting handler and dog in Nastra that you have gotten to run against? Well, both of your faces went blank. I know. Well, I get most nervous. Like when I watch Jamie and his dog, I don't know why. Um, but I think both of our answers really can be like our mentors, Scott and Thad, his nephew. Um, I mean, I don't know. I would, Since I would say here. Scott, Scott, and Jimmy in my time in Nashra are okay. the two best yeah. that okay. I've seen. You know, uh, over over the last five years, there's not been a dog that's won more. He's so four time, four time national, national champion, champion. and okay. Scott's won twelve nationals. And, and Scott, th- this is your mentor, as you mentioned, right? Yeah. Yeah. Scott, yeah. Okay. I, I would say you know just watching him, and, and he he doesn't always come out on top, but you know, the law of average, mm. he's, he's going to be in the mix mm. in, in the scheme of things. And the best part about him is he wants to help everybody get into Nastra. I mean, he'll lend you advice, even if you don't really ask for it, you need to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's just there to help. I mean, he's a really good guy. That's awesome. We're lucky to know him. That's so cool. So cool. Well, Jamie and Kara, thank you both for uh, for jumping on here, sharing more about uh, your story and your passion for for running Nastra and trials. Uh, it's been a, a ton of fun getting to know you both a little bit more, and uh, it's exciting to hear 
um, hear the enthusiasm and the passion for this trial game. It's it's a fun one, as you know. Um, the community, the dogs, the, the, the people you get to meet is uh, makes it pretty special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love sharing our passion for it. Like I said, give me a call if you yeah. want to talk about dogs or Nastra because I'm here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are you guys are you guys on Facebook at all or Instagram, anything like that? If people wanted to reach out or. Yep. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but I don't use it very much, but we're both on Facebook. Okay. Right on, right on. Well, thank you both. This has been a blast and, uh, good luck this season. Good luck at the, uh, the endur- is it the endurance one coming up in September? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good luck at the trial yeah. coming up here in uh, not too much longer. So hopefully you guys both do well. Cool. Thank you so much thank for you having much. us. Thanks, yeah, guys. It's great talking with you. I really yeah. appreciate it. You as well. Thanks. Well, Jamie and Kara, thank you both again for jumping on the podcast, sharing your journey and your passion with us. Uh, So much fun getting to catch up with you both. Uh, Excited for uh, the two of you and new trial season uh, kind of upon us here in this fall and in the spring. Um, And so I would encourage anyone, if you have more questions about Nastra, uh, feel free to reach out to me, reach out to Jamie or Kara, reach out to uh, any member you know of Nastra. There's got to be a lot of them out there. Um, Ask questions. What events do you have coming up in your area and I would encourage you, go check out a Nastra event. I don't have to run your dog in it. You can. That's what I did. I kind of signed up for one, went and checked it out, ran my dog, had an absolute blast. And so uh, reach out to someone you know from Nastra today. Check out nastra.org, N-S-T-R-A dot O-R-G. Uh, check out more information. Become a member today. That's my plug for Nastra. I believe in it. I love it. It's a great community of people. Um, especially, especially once you get through hunting wild bird season and then you have have something to look forward to. You have some goals to set on things to work on with your dog. Nashville is a great place to do it with like-minded people. Uh, and I think you're going to have an absolute blast. So check them out at Nastra. All right, guys, that's it for now. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, love those. Um, Also, share an episode. Share an episode on social media, on your Instagram stories. Just hit that little little share button on there and uh, tag the Upland Rookie Podcast. As well, tag us in your post this fall, whether you're chasing uh, prairie birds right now in, in North Dakota, Montana, South Dakota, wherever you are. Uh, tag the Upland Rookie Podcast. would love to share some of those uh, with the listeners of the show. So until then, go put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.